Real quick, I have a short announcement related to this episode. But if you want to skip straight to the content, I have the timestamps in both the video and audio description of this episode. There's also some graphs, articles, and BSG podcast references that is used throughout this video, uh, which we will also have in the description. Scab Talk believes that this topic of this episode touches on one of the most important issues in Escape from Tarkov. We would greatly appreciate it if you took some time to add to the discussion. It doesn't matter whether that's on Reddit, Twitch chat, Discord, or our podcast. What really matters to us is that you're participating in the discussion at all. So thank you and enjoy the show. Welcome to Scav Talk, an Escape from Tarkov podcast with a focus on the continuing development game, patch note analysis, theory crafting, and general gameplay discussions. My name is Church. I dabble in content creation, video editing, and live streaming. And I'm Gigabeef, a Tarkov YouTuber helping players improve their gameplay, knowledge, and confidence. And today we are joined by special guest, Arx Metzer. How you doing, Arx? Can I call you Arx? I'm doing great. Yeah, Arx is great. <laughs> cool. It's way more convenient than Arx Messer. And I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Dude, thank, thanks so much for coming on, man. I, I really appreciate you uh, taking this... Um, time out of your day to come on the show and talk Tarkov with us, man. Uh, anytime. I love, I love Tarkov. This is a, uh, I mean, I could just do this all day if I didn't have to work. <laughs> <laughs> so to um, sort of preface how I got in touch with you and, and everybody that's listening, um, essentially I was just sort of innocently looking for an article that I read, um, I don't know, maybe like a couple months ago. Because I was working on a project, uh, a Tarkov e economics video, and there was something in that article I wanted to reference. And long story short, I kept seeing this user pop up named Arx Messer when I was like, I typically like browse Reddit and, um, or when I browse Reddit, I should say, I sort by controversial because I tend to find sometimes there's some very <laughs> interesting stuff going on in there. Um, and yeah, I kept seeing this guy, Arx Mister, come up and I would I would read his posts and they were very I thought they were very um good posts in the sense that they weren't like these one liners and like these little like ad hominems and straw mans. Like I thought he I thought he was like being very uh objective when he was kind of like just giving out his thoughts and, and whatnot. So anyways, I contacted him, I was like, Hey, you know, I see your post, I like your post, and you know, and blah blah blah. And I'm looking, I'm hoping I'm just on a off on a whim that you could find this article for me. You've probably seen it. And he didn't get back to me, but later on, um, I messaged him and told him I found it and whatnot. And then he's like, yeah, I, I need to finish that article. I was like, wait, you're the one that's done that <laughs> article? And it was that's just so like, funny. yeah, from there, I was just like, dude, I need to talk to you, man. We got to talk. So we've kind of been uh, in touch and he's sort of been the one that's inspired me to, uh, begin the hatchet running experiments as they <laughs> as they say so we know who to blame now right yeah, we know who to exactly. blame <laughs> no that's that's yeah, super interesting that's brutal now i'm going to be known as the guy who inspires hatchet running <laughs> thanks church you're welcome anytime man um but yeah it's um it's it's interesting cuz like yeah. Church had said that he had he had something planned for a while. He didn't say exactly who it was, and 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 didn't uh, didn't give me really any details. So after announcing it yesterday, I'm like I'm I'm super interested to just like yeah to to talk and um 
you know, as soon as he said, oh yeah, it's, uh, it's arcs. And, you know, I, I went back and I looked up some of your stuff and I was like, dude, like I've, you know, I've read some of these articles back when I very first started playing the game. Like this is, this is super cool. So, um, I don't know, unless, unless Church, you have anything else you wanted particularly to talk about than um, Arcs, I just kind of wanted to get an idea from you of like how you got into Tarkov, like how you yes, ended up writing yes. articles and like a, the, a blog post in the first place. And like, yeah, some of the, some of the stuff that you've gone through on that blog is like incredibly detailed. And I, I really appreciate that, that kind of like thought process analytical thing. A lot of it's just kind of, here's the facts. And I'm, you know, I'm not even going to put any opinion into it for, right. for the time being. It's just like, here's the facts, here's the outcome. Here's what happens when you do X, Y, Z within the game design. But yeah, just like, just from the beginning, like how did you get into EFT in the first place? Kind of like, what's your background in games? Like, what do you like playing? Is EFT the first FPS? That, that kind of thing. That'd be super interesting just to kind of like frame the discussion. Sure. Yeah. Um, how I got into EFT. Um, I guess I'll just go way back. Uh, gaming since forever, since I was a kid. Got into RPGs, FPS. Um, I played Counter-Strike from the time it was a Half-Life mod until it went to like, I don't know what they started calling it. It was like 1.6 or something. Yeah. Uh, CSGO or something? CS? There was or Source. Anyway, ba- basically, yeah, mm-hmm. Source. As long so that's like I don't know, ten years or something yeah. of Counter Strike, um, which at the time was considered a hardcore shooter uh, compared to everything else. Um, then I just I, I still gamed a little bit during university and all that. Um, a little Call of Duty, Modern Warfare Two, um, but uh, I guess I was in the League of Legends also. Um, and eventually, I just it's I started playing fewer and fewer games. I was getting a little more, um, I guess, unimpressed by the AAA titles coming out. Mm. Uh, they seem to be a lot of rehashed content, especially with the modern uh, Call of Duty series. Um, so I just kind of was like, well, whatever. I guess the industry's done for. I guess I'm a bit of a cynic, <laughs> but anyway. So I, I was just doing League of Legends the uh, toxic solo queue grind and uh, that was basically it for my gaming and uh, eventually i don't know how i heard of escape from tarkov but you know i i went to the i eventually found the official website and i was like wait a minute this wait, hardcore action rpg simulator hybrid you know i just read through the description and i was like man this this sounds like something worth looking into compared to everything else so i started researching uh, the game, watched some streams, uh, which I don't normally do. Uh, watched Clean and um, Deadly Slob mm-hmm. and Cotton, which talk, talk about three different uh, <laughs> three different uh, approaches to sure. uh, streaming Tarkov. But anyway, uh, and I thought, wow, this is really this is a really cool game. I might actually spend money on this. So um, especially especially the hardcore appeal um which is just something i never thought would happen with a shooter again basically based on the industry trends so i uh was going to spend money and then the question that i see a lot on the subreddit is oh which edition do i buy right um and i was like man 150 bucks like let's see what's going on here so i read into it and i just kind of saw like okay it's a secure container and i knew what the secure container was it seemed like okay it seems like most of the value it's coming from secure containers. Like that's why 
it seems like that that's the most attractive thing here. Mm. But since I was looking for a hardcore gameplay, it kind of was just like, you know, I don't think it's worth it just to ha- have more storage in, in my stash or whatever. I'll just go over the hardcore thing. Plus, I looked into Battlestate games and I was like, who are these guys? They're brand new developers. They have a kind of an odd history with, um, I think it's Contract Wars or some some other game. Yeah, and I was exactly. like, okay, it's a, a developer that I don't recognize. It seems to be pretty new. Their history of uh, development seems to be pretty limited. I'm definitely not going to spend 150 bucks on this. I'm going to go on the minimum and just see what I can get out of their, uh, you know, uh, kind of i don't know pie in the sky feature list that they're promising so i spent the 40 mm-hmm. bucks and that's how i got into escape from tarkov awesome that's cool that's cool i guess that it's, it's interesting just how like how different people get into it because uh we all ended up sort of taking like a different but sort of like similarly parallel like meandering route through different games like um i played Counter strike source and um and then call of duty uh, and then i kind of came from like I'd played Daisy for a decent amount, and then um, and then I kind of transitioned to Tarkov from PUBG, but with a big stint into Dota Two in the middle. So there's kind of a lot of parallels and stuff, um, which is quite interesting. But uh, yeah, I mean, I guess like from that point, so you, you start playing the game. Um, I also bought the basic edition as well because yeah, I didn't really know what to expect, and you know, I think the thing that I read around when I first started was, oh, you can always upgrade it. It's just the difference between the two prices. And so I was like, okay, well, there's nothing to lose here. Like, we'll just, we'll just, you know, pay for this. And you're like going through the, the sort of strange dodgy Eastern European Russian payment process of thinking like, oh my God, what is this? Is this just a scam? Or like, um, <laughs> yeah, is this just a ruse? Um, and then, and then you start playing the game. So I guess like, how did you go then from, I've bought the game and I'm playing, you know, with my elf container and I'm running around, you know, being a being a you know a new player in this in this game to writing you know in-depth blog articles on um on the game and the game structure and like how that how that works. Okay, so from new player to blogger, EFT blogger, <laughs> um I guess so I started playing EFT, um, looking for a hardcore experience, and um, I guess that should. I guess I'm a hardcore gamer. Um, so I, I, to me, it, it only made sense like before to buy the game to do all the research in the developers, read the official website do a lot of research and i guess that might be considered more hardcore than you know that approach i've i think so a couple people who are just like oh yeah i saw a stream and it looked cool saw the fancy gun so i bought it um anyway so that's just i guess part of my disposition is to be a little intense and about everything i do so i was like well if i'm gonna get into this let's get in the subreddit let's look let's see what uh resource third-party resources are available um, so I got into the subreddits and you start reading around and, um, I'm always up for, um, discussion, debate and conflict. I'm, uh, it's just part of my nature, I guess, to be okay with, uh, having a discussion that might, everyone's not agreeing with. So, um, yeah. I get typing on that, um, and just kind of noticing trends with the subreddit. Um, and, and it, along the way, 
as a new player, I basically fall into this habit of just hatchet running. I'm like a career hatchling. Uh, and this is back before the flea market. This is like four years ago. So it's before the flea market, before medical animations. It's, you know, there's four maps available or something. And so I am hatchet running factory to build up resources um, as I'm, uh, you know, getting used to the content of the subreddit and looking around on there. Mm-hmm. And I um, eventually, it was like months of me hatchet running almost exclusively, right? So I'd like build up all this gear and then maybe play a few raids. And and then one day I was just running factory, gunning for that office safe, which at the time was like, you know, gold mine. It hadn't been nerfed to the ground like it is now. Anyway, so I, I'm loading in and then I just kind of wake up, I guess. I'm just like, wait, what am I doing? What have I been doing? Like, okay, I just got excited that this was a hardcore game. Spent money on a game which I hadn't done in years. And then I I'm then I'm doing this absolutely not hardcore cycle of suicide runs to make money. Yeah. And uh that that was I it was like um what is it like significant cognitive dissonance? Like my, mm-hmm. you know, I, I was thinking I'm playing this hardcore game and then it's just this realization like, no, this is actually not, this is not it. And this is not why I bought the game. And I was just like, how did I get here? What happened? How did I get so far off um, that I'm avoiding all the risk? And so that kind of moment is what made me really step back and start thinking a lot more about what the game was, how it affected, like not it affected me, but how I responded to what the game was providing. And um, so then I kind of started talking about on the subreddit, like, you know, hatchet running is, it basically started on the subreddit in the least popular uh, position of all time for Escape from Tarkov and haven't deviated (laughs) since, which is, like why why is hatchet running a thing? Like why is this possible? And anyone else feel like there's maybe something a little off here? And um, so that's kind of how I got into the subreddit, and I've been uh, eating down votes by the thousand cents. <laughs> <laughs> that's incredible. That's that's incredible. It's, it's so it's so funny actually that you know you you. St- ended up doing that and then kind of took a step back and like looked at what you were doing and saying like this is super super strange and it's it's funny just like how these systems like how the various games and not even you know not talk of but just like everything in general and even things in real life right it's like the way the rules are structured and the way that the system is designed causes people to act in the way that in the ways that they do right they look at the choices that they're given and they and they make um they make a decision like i actually made a video very recently the last video i put out was about like the state of tarkov and i, I wasn't to be honest i wasn't really that critical really i was just kind of you know just putting putting some thoughts out there because i thought that it, it needed to and there was a comment that i thought was super interesting from somebody who they were replying to someone else who who basically said like oh you know you can't say this stuff about the game and someone was saying oh i think the point really is more about like the emergent player behavior out of the system design. And I was just like, exactly. That's exactly what I'm talking about, right? Like you can't, I think, because I did actually reference exit campers in my in my video and only in passing. Um, and uh, so a couple of people like, you know, caught on that, but it was kind of like, 
you like you should never really like hate the people that do the things right it's like it's up to the the game designers to change yeah. the game to make the people do the things that they want to do right and that's exactly the same in real life in so many different scenarios as well around rules regulations whatever it might be within like so many different industries too right it's like people just do the things that they feel in their you know usually in their mo- in their best, best self-interest um uh, whatever they whatever they think that might be and you know choose from the various things and escape from tarkov it's like well if I do all these other things, then like I could gain, but I could also lose. But if I if I had to run, then I I don't lose anything. And so it's like an interesting emergent behavior, as that guy put it, which I thought was a great way of explaining it. In that, well, it's a, there's a game that's got inherent risk reward in it, and uh, this one just X's all the risk out, and so it's just it's just reward. And even though it might not be as much reward as something else, you know, you also have like the sort of loss aversion kind of thing that people have. They don't like people like to people like the people hate losing more than they enjoy gaining the same quantity and so people will like remove the risk of the downside if they can in order to make sure that they're continuously progressing even if it's at a slower rate so it's uh yeah it's fascinating that you kind of you kind of got to that stage and like yeah i mean i've i think i've, I've seen your uh your threads on reddit and I've, I've seen some of the some of the uh the arguments you've ended up getting into but i mean people i don't know the, the reddit's a, the reddit's a real it's a real tough place sometimes so i think it's I don't know if you're going to get flamed and, and have difficult conversations. It's probably the place if you were going to go looking for trouble. That's probably the, the place where you'd start. Um, so, what inspired you then to actually like make the blog? Is, is it just to do with like, you know, you're speaking to people on the Reddit all the time, and people, you know, you get to say your paragraph, and then they have their response, but it might just be, you know, stupid or whatever. Whereas you can be just like, well, don't even talk to me. Just go and read this. Right? This is like this is a whole like page of thoughts, and so. You know, you read all of that and then come back to me and, and discuss what you what you have to say because then it kind of explains your full position because you don't always get to get that across. Is that kind of is that kind of the deal? Because that's, that's sort of how it, that's sort of how it seems to me from a, an outsider's perspective. Yeah, um, essentially, you hit the nail right on the head. Um, actually, the combination of the two things you've mentioned is, um, well, I guess for, first before that, I, I'll just say the phrase. Um, to, to go back to what you're saying about emergent mm. player behavior. Um, you know, I guess the phrase is what don't hate the player, hate the game. Yeah. Right. So I, I'm, I'm with you there. Like uh, it's not on the uh, players to quote, quote, behave. I don't know if that's an accurate way of describing it, but it's the, it's the developer's responsibility. If there is a player behavior happening that they don't, um, approve of or feel is appropriate for the game it's not on the players to just not do that behavior mm-hmm. it's on the developers to either outright remove it or disincentivize it or or do something to address it so yeah um yeah so don't hate the player don't hate the hatchling don't hate the exit camper don't hate the whatever uh you know take it to bsg with uh respectful input mm-hmm. um and so so yeah so that player emergent behavior um combined with the idea of having a resource that I could just point people to and not have to repeat my arguments. Um, so that's basically how I ended up with the blog because as far as player emergent behavior, I guess the, the, the way Reddit works is, I didn't know at the time when I got on it, um, full, full boomer here. <laughs> anyway, uh, so when I got on to Reddit, I didn't realize that the posts decay in their ability to be on the front page based on time 
uh, and up and upvotes, right? Popularity. So, uh, you know, I would post, I would make these posts and then first of all, they would get downvoted to zero and they would never hit the front page, which it's like, I respect people like disagreeing. Like that's not what I take issue with. I just think it's um, a bummer that, um, majority rules decides what gets seen and not gets seen. I, I would like it. To, I would have appreciated that even the the most despised articles still are findable. You know what I mean? But it's just, yeah. I, I just found that like, wow, these, this argument, this quality argument, high effort, well-crafted, thought out, and, and not even mine, even uh, other, other people's. And I'd be like, what, how did this got zero upvotes and instantly died? at two yeah. hours after it being posted and then it's just relegated to being buried for all eternity and no one ever sees it um so to me that was a big problem with with reddit and so the blog um served as a way to uh, take care of my own issue of not getting buried instantly so i could make my own blog posts and they're there forever and unless you know whatever the service provider pulls a plug on it it's going to be there um so that was that and um yeah, and in order to not have to repeat my arguments ad nauseum, which I actually kind of like doing anyway, but I, I just have the blog there available for anyone to <laughs> reference. And a lot of the articles aren't uh, finished because I'm, you know, I I don't do it full time. You know, I have a job and family responsibilities and responsibilities outside of the family. So I don't really have too much, but enough time to finish all of the articles. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, Reddit's uh, Reddit's super interesting. I mean, you know, it's writing the blog as as you have done, right? It's like it's a different thing to kind of like what I've been doing, but like there's a definitely like a shared um, mm. experience there because I started with the Reddit. I'm also probably in the same camp as you in some ways, in that I'm not really a redditor per se. I use Reddit in a in a very like non-reddit platform kind of way like i know like lots of my friends all use reddit they're like on it continuously scrolling through finding new stuff i use like i get an interest and this is why i was going to say before actually like you know people who take things too seriously and get really really down the rabbit hole with stuff like you're amongst friends here but um i basically use reddit for like very very particular things so like i get super invested in like one topic and then i just visit that one subreddit for like years and I may not visit any other ones, right? So it's like, you know, I was on our Dota 2 when I was playing yeah. that. And then for a while I was like super, like it's just super, super like interested in Bitcoin. This is like, this is actually more like four years ago, like five years ago. Maybe, actually, maybe even longer than that. Anyway, so I was like on that Reddit the whole time and then I got bored of it and just like never looked back. And um, and now it's just like the only one I go on is, is uh, RSK from Tarkov. And it's like kind yeah. of the same thing. And so when I was like starting up trying to be a content creator in the first place, Reddit was kind of like the natural place to go because like, well, you don't, you know, I didn't have anything. I didn't have a viewership on, you know, no one on Twitch, no one on Twitter, no one, nothing on YouTube to start the channel. So like, where do you go? Okay, well, I'm going to go to go to Reddit, right? And it's like, you know, it's like taming the angry dragon on Reddit, but it's the only place where you might actually get some visibility. And like, it is interesting that, as you say, certain things like people use the up and down vote buttons as do I like this? Yes or no? As opposed to, is this well thought out and worth worthy of discussion? Which is really what the, the they should be for. It's like, should this post be seen by other people and discussed more? Yes. As opposed to, I don't like the outcome this guy's come to, so 
down you go. Um, right, exactly. Yep. It's 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 really tough. It's really tough. And that's like the the interesting thing that I find about like Reddit's just a popularity contest. And one interesting thing about after doing YouTube for a while is that firstly there's not really that mentality of just you know, some people click dislike, but it's just there's not that mentality of like, you know, shifting the rankings of what videos get seen or not um by pressing you know one button or another button they're just and there isn't there's like there's more permanence on youtube anywhere you know so if a video is good it just continues to get shown whereas reddit as you say something has got this time decay on it and even if it's the best post in the world after one week it's gone and something else is in its place even if it's much Mm. lower quality just because of the way it is right it's just like keeps people coming back and i I get i get why they do that but it's interesting um for me versus youtube where actually even if people like downvote your your um your video on youtube actually often that songs it's not like out outsized on the ratio then that actually adds, it adds to it so you the only thing youtube cares about is people ignoring your content and if somebody comments something horrible and like dislikes your post that's just like positive reaction so somebody somebody reacted to your post this is a good thing and it actually contributes to the algorithm which is quite interesting whereas reddit's opposite right if someone downvotes it it gets goes to the bottom and and gets put into the oblivion bucket um so yeah reddit Reddit is is quite is quite strange for that, but um, yeah, I mean it's it, it's it's fun, right? Because like you you've got your you've got your blog there, and it's kind of similar, right? You've got a permanent record of what you've of, of your of your post, and you can always link people to it, and they can always go and find it. And also, I think it's nice to have been able to spend the time on your own terms, going researching stuff, putting things together properly, and then having right here is my actual argument, right? And it's like well thought out. And it's there forever. You don't have to think about it again. If, you, know, you can even remind yourself, I guess, if you want to say, oh, what's the key point that you know I can tell to this guy? Um, that's, 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 that's super interesting. And I noticed that you haven't written anything on it for a little bit. I, I wondered, like, have you, how much have you been playing, like, recently versus in the past? I mean, I guess you played, like, a, a ton in the past and have been playing a little bit less recently, I would imagine. Um, I know we're kind of going through a bit of a slow spell in Tarkov anyway right now because it's, I mean, Tarkov's actually quite a secular game. Um, in a lot of ways because of the, the wipe cycle and the way that content gets released and, and that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, I was just in, intrigued to see how much you've been playing recently. And um, I guess we can get into some of the, some of the thoughts then about like the, the current state of play. Sure. Yeah. Um, I guess I'll just make one more comment about the uh, subreddit. Um, I guess I'm kind of a doc toxic person. Um, <laughs> so I, it actually was like home sweet home in the subreddit because <laughs> I like just I just love to you know talk smack and flame people and and you know whatever so I, you know and that's something really actually over the last I don't know probably six years I've been trying to uh, get away from because as much as it there is a certain like dark pleasure to to that sort of scrapping and talking talking mess to other people you know i've just seen it for so many years that it doesn't actually ever it doesn't ever contribute any to anything and mm. there's actually someone else on the other side that user who like my good one line you know zinger or whatever um it could actually be finding its way into that person's head you know and maybe yeah. having a negative impact and so it's like it's kind of like my entertainment at that guy's expense and, and so <laughs> i mean you can go through my my comments and i still i still get into it today you know i'll you'll see you can go into my history reddit history and see all sorts of craziness there <laughs> and 
but you know, I'm, I'm trying to get away from it because I just see, it's just like not productive. It's, it's like uh, candy or something, you know, it's like mm. sweet, sweet goodness, but it rots your teeth and it's, <laughs> it's terrible. It's, it's, it's more destructive than, than anything else. So um, yeah, that's the subreddit. And I just feel like the, you know, anonymity of the subreddit, um, it really contributes to just being able to fire off some yeah. low quality, trashy response and, just snicker out like, yeah, I did it, man. I really just got that guy or whatever. But uh, anyway, so the the um, blog, you know, there's no one to flame but me. So it helps me to just kind of not go down into that road and just uh, stay on topic. So, uh, but but anyway, you know, I guess that's my way of saying to everyone I've ever flamed on the subreddit, you know, it, it's, it wasn't you, it wasn't you, it's me. Um, <laughs> But um, <laughs> let's see. I'm sorry. You're going to have to remind me. I was going. I made a comment on the subreddit. We were going to. Yes, talk and then about... and then I was saying um, how much you have played recently. Oh, yeah. Play is like yeah. uh, in the past that kind of thing. Okay. Yes. So I played EFT multiple raids a day. Um, basically, I, I'm uh, like you. I tend to hyper focus. Um, on on uh, one thing at a time so i just for the last three years i've been playing eft or four years basically when did you anytime. start actually like when, when was your actual start date do you, do you remember um is there a way to check my account date maybe I'm it's not been, sure, like, it's been uh... over four years it's been like yeah. four years or more at least um because i have subreddit posts that are three years old or more and i was playing eft before that and anyway it's like four years basically mm. um and so i i play nonstop. i mean as much as my schedule allowed like i said i have full-time job and i have responsibilities but whenever i had time to play i played eft and um after that hatchet run um <laughs> binge right after that and my kind of like uh come to jesus moment or whatever <laughs> i uh I basically vowed to never do a hatchet run or a throwaway run again. And I um, basically haven't, except for at repeated requests from people that I would play with regularly. Like, right. aside from that, I always take my best gear in um, and I never play to like, oh, I'll just roll the dice and see what happens. I always play for survival and I always risk my best stuff. And I don't do any farming cheese or anything like that because i went from basically ultra risk risk mitigation and profit you know farming to going for maximizing that stress and tension that comes with high risk yeah um, okay so anyway sorry for an aside i um played basically nonstop for three and a half years and just recently um my play has dropped off uh, to basically nothing um since the last maybe three months or so okay and um that is basically the result of the twitch drops events and mm -hmm. their negative effects on server performance and uh, uh, i would be i would still be playing if it wasn't for how bad the servers have become um because i don't know people who don't or um joined escape from tarkov after that first twitch wipe a uh, tr twitch drop event mm -hmm. um they don't know 
how good the servers were immediately preceding that event. Like the servers were trash from the beginning, but at the just prior to the Twitch drops event, BSG had the servers at the best they've ever been since since that since that time. Hmm. So it it was it was I was very hopeful. I was as happy as could be after years of struggling through really terrible you know server issues and um then bsg announces twitch drop event and i immediately probably anyway i immediately went to the subreddit and was like the homeless guy with the sign that's like the end of the world is coming you know <laughs> i was basically that guy on the subreddit and i was saying this is going to be a disaster we should not switch from um focusing on drawing in the hardcore the few hardcore players there are we should not switch from that to this mass appeal mass player influx um model and it's going to kill the servers and of course i ate 10 million downvotes and the most common response was yeah but think of the money like with the money bsg is going to make from these events they can just reinvest it into servers and upgrade and get, you know, it'll help mitigate the, uh, you know, server issues or whatever. And with all yeah. this money, it'll help, you know, the development progress, blah, blah, blah. And and I was just saying, no, no, like what's going to happen is it's going to, it's not, it's going, the shift in philosophy from appealing to hardcore to appealing to the mass audience, plus the population boom is not going to be good. And here we are today, right? Um, and so, yeah, network problems. I I love the game to death, even even with my um, years long intense criticisms of some of the um, design aspects. Even even with that and the cheaters, it's the network issues that finally just wore me down. And I just I just got tired of waiting so long to get into a game only to be disconnected or some. Mm server maintenance thing to pop up and boot me out of the raid it just got to me eventually but i love the game i'd still be playing it otherwise interesting yeah it's it's funny because like some of the game's biggest critics are some of its biggest fans right because the people who care the most and get really heated and frustrated and so angry the reason why is because they care so much right if people didn't care as much they'd just be like oh whatever i'll go play cod or something and you just wouldn't even see posts from these people right so and that, and that's yeah that's the thing about it i find that i find the the server performance thing kind of strange because so many people have so many issues and i don't know whether it's just like i'm in a bit of a weird spot because like i i'm kind of in a similar situation in some ways and that like i've got a lot of stuff going on outside and so this is like it's very much part-time for me to doing this and i absolutely love it and would love to do way more and like hopefully in like the distant future then you know it would be possible or whatever but like for now like I don't play a great deal outside of like the, I do like one stream a week and then I'm, I'm making videos a lot of the rest of the spare time that I have. And then I play like another couple of raids maybe in, in the week as well. But I feel like the people who are playing all the time and especially people who are playing like super close combat stuff feel the desync and, and some certain the server issues like that much, much more intensely in some ways. And like, I see it, but it doesn't bother me as much as, as other people. And but the thing is like, I've seen some like truly horrendous things um on especially on the reddit and like you see especially when it's like two streamers and you see both both sides and that kind of thing and i just feel like that kind of stuff doesn't happen as much 
to me as I see it happening to other people. Maybe I just don't notice, and maybe it's partly my play style. I'm like generally a bit of a slower player, and I tend to I like playing outside a lot. I think maybe that comes from PUBG. I don't actually play in, inside as much. Like I've actually tried to I've started to like force myself to do that. Like Churchill will tell you, like the base of the last like two months, I've just been trying to turn myself into much more of a, an aggressive player and that kind of thing. Because before I was very like very tactical outside, trying to spot people before they spot me, and like the game works fairly well at long range in some ways. Um, and it's kind of like the around, you know, when you're around a wall and like all like there's doorways in the way. And, you know, that's kind of then when you start seeing grenades bouncing back through windows, you get shot when you, you, know, you go back behind the wall and then you die anyway. And like all of all of that kind of stuff. right? And it's mostly like indoor kind of things, which typically I've always avoided. So I, I don't know whether it's that. Also, I have heard things about the servers in, in Europe. About, I'm not sure actually where you're based, but like I know the servers in Europe have have historically supposedly been better i mean this is just anecdotal but i mean they're you know they're based in eastern europe right and so you imagine that the western europe and eastern european servers te- potentially could be better for that reason I, I don't know um it's it's possible and then also like i have really really good internet so that does get rid of some other problems that you know if there was if there was issues on the person's pc that wouldn't appear in any other game because the game is created in such a way to mitigate errors regarding latency or packet loss or whatever that might be. If those elements aren't in EFT, you might get more issues if you have even just ordinary internet because the game's not as well optimized for network and that kind of thing. And um, I bought the best possible internet line that I could because I was like, I'm in a a really good area as well for it. And um, I was like, you know, this is, this is my thing and I'm going to, I'm going to pay for it and this and and that's that. So um, I, yeah, definitely don't no regrets there so i don't know i think there's like maybe a few factors to why i don't don't see it as much so i i find i always find it interesting when i'm speaking to people who like it's like it's genuinely game breaking for them right like you've stopped playing because of it like it's it's crazy to me um that there can be such differences in either either opinion or or actual experience of what happens in raid I, i think it's it's strange because and it's like so many things in Tarkov, right? Like some people have an absolute kick-ass PC and they get like 60 frames. Some people have a PC that's actually worse and they get 90 frames, right? I mean, it's like, it depends on the exact hardware that you have, exactly how your computer set up. Like there's so many variables and they're not a big studio and it's just not optimized for everything. Making a PC game is hard. Everyone has different hardware and it's it's complicated. So it's, um, yeah, it's, 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 very, it's very difficult. It's, it's very, very difficult. And... Um, it's hard to for me to decipher like which which parts of it are just perception and which parts of it are, are actual like hardware and, and that kind of reality. I mean, I mean, church. Do you see the issues as much because you're you're playing from the US, right? So yeah, but I mean, do you it's see like, like a ton of problems. The problem with this um, discussion is just that there's so many variables involved. Like for example, I have we live in a very good area and we have Google Fiber, um, mm. but not that that really matters because based off my understanding from Battle Nonsense is like you even if i'm connecting to a server in like virginia there along the path there could be a node um where that's causing packet loss i mean and then it's like then you gotta factor the netcode like i strictly when i play i try to play around hardcover um just because peakers you know peakers advantage and and desync but i mean it's just like i let to you know sort of like I had a similar experience to Arc Semester when I first played the game because I played in like early or late January. Um, and I didn't even know about Twitch drops, but this was like just when the game was really popular, right? When I when it first came on my radar. And I specifically remember one of my issues was that I had auto select on for servers. 
But I specifically remember loading to a raid, it taking forever, and then when I finally got in, I was like, the ping was just all over the place, dude, and I was just like taking damage randomly. It was like it was an awful experience. Um, but that's I think that's kind of the thing with it's just everyone's experience is so varied, you know. It's really without some more scientific approach, and that's probably more on BSG side, giving you know releasing data or releasing more tools for us to like you know narrow things down. Um, yeah, it's just it's too. That's just my kind of take on it. It's just a little too. My experience is gonna be so much different. I yeah, it's, from your so experience, I would so imagine. Tough, it's so tough. Yeah, and sorry if I could just jump in real quick. Yes. Um, just to clarify that, mm-hmm. my issues with the network problems. If you could keep in mind that I've been experiencing that for four years up to this point, so mm-hmm. it's not like oh man, the the ping's bad today. It's like I, it's years and years and years of bumping up against network issues. And I have a fairly high tolerance for that sort of thing. Like I didn't buy EFT and, and then was surprised by its poor performance, right? Like I knew, you know, beta, you know, when I see the word beta, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a boomer, right? So I know beta means it's gonna be trash, right? Um, and no, no, it's not, not I should, maybe I shouldn't say trash. It's just going to have performance issues. That's just yeah. what happens during betas. And so, um, I, so basically I, I just set my mind, like, it's just part of the game, but that mentality only lasts so long, even it, it just wore me down over four years. So it's not like, I'm not the guy who's like, oh man, it lagged, dude, screw this game. This game sucks. BSG fix your junk. You know, it's like, I, I pretty much endured it for four years and it just, I played the quest so many times now I've yeah. done, I've been through the game loop so, so many times um, that there isn't enough there to keep me through the network performance issues, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, I, I love the game, but the lack of substantive change to the gameplay loop um, plus the persistent and apparently um not improving network performance uh it's like the combination of all those things it's kind of like broke so the long. straw on the camel's yeah, back yeah it just yeah. all all added up so yeah. i mean it's it it was a it's a good run it's been a good run i love the game <laughs> i will come back as soon as i as soon as the subreddit starts i start getting word of like hey servers have been better or whatever like that man i'm i'm back in it you know Interesting. So, um, on that note, I kind of want to, if we can change topics a bit, because I want to be mindful of our time here. Um, You mentioned something very early in your intro, and you said, hey, I'm a hardcore player, and I like playing hardcore games. Um, But I I thought it was interesting that when you start talking about EFT, you um, basically said, yeah, I was hatchet running. I was like a, a, a career hatchet runner, which I think some people would say, like, if you're a hardcore player, why are you hatchet running? Um, so maybe could you sort of like define what you think as, you know, hardcore means in that context of I'm a hardcore player and also what hardcore means in the context of Tarkov? Sure. Wow. Okay. <laughs> defining, <laughs> defining hardcore player. Oh, thanks church. Um, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I would just in, in defining, 
um, hardcore gamer, hardcore player, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. hardcore EFTer. I would start by going back to the generic definition of hardcore. Okay. And that, um, I mean, if you look it up, it's usually something like the most intensely involved, the most committed, the most loyal, okay. um, uh, the most extreme. Uh, you'll see words like that. You'll see in the definitions. Um, and so I kind of boil it down to um, like commitment, intensity. Um, yeah, basically kind of like a commitment and intensity thing. So a hardcore gamer is going to be a gamer who is the most committed to to gaming mm-hmm. and intense about gaming right so where a casual gamer wouldn't be very committed to gaming and wouldn't be very intense while they're gaming so a a hardcore gamer is like say for example i had one hour to play a hardcore gamer or one hour of available free time in a day a hardcore gamer would be one who's committed and intense about gaming and would spend that whole hour gaming a casual gamer would be not committed or intense and might game or watch YouTube videos or do something other than gaming, right? So then if you, you can apply that to a hardcore um, EFT player, right? So a hardcore EFT player would be one who's committed to and intense about EFT, uh, whereas a casual EFT player isn't committed to or intense, particularly committed to or intense about EFT, so a hardcore EFT player, during that gaming hour, he's going to play EFT the whole time. And a casual play EFT player might play EFT, might play Candy Crush, you know, what, whatever, right? Um, and so that's kind of how I define hardcore. It's, um, I guess one way to say it is a hardcore gamer or player um, isn't someone who has a lot of time to play, but is someone who gives their whole effort to playing with the time they have, right? So you can be a hardcore gamer who only gets to play 10 minutes, but in those 10 minutes, you're playing EFT and and you're giving everything to it, right? Or you could be a casual player who plays 18 hours a day, but goes from game to game to game to game and doesn't care about anything. So that's kind of my approach to hardcore. I think that makes sense. And what about from a, um, an EFT perspective, right? Cause I know it's sort of like, that's sort of part of the marketing or the description of the game. It's a hardcore, um, tactical shooter. I want to say I might be quoting that wrong. <laughs> Oh, now I'm triggered. You triggered me. Get the, get that. You better get that game description right. It's uh no it's no no. Long. It's um yeah, it's pretty long. But um okay, so so you're saying like what is a hardcore game? No, or like aspects um, of a hardcore game. I guess. Well, l- l- let me roll it back because I I don't know if you actually answered my initial question. Kind of the thing I was proposing is you said you were a hardcore gamer, right? And you sort of defined what that was, and then. I mentioned how you start a hatchet running, right? And, you know, the thing I sort of, like, try to point out there is, like, I think some people would look at it and say, oh, if you're a hardcore gamer and you claim to be a hardcore gamer, why are you doing this hardcore, or this, you know, hatchet running business, right? So could you kind of, like, explain that 
or sure 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 so yeah yeah okay so i am a hardcore gamer mm -hmm. so with my free time that i have i game i'm a hardcore eft player in that when i have free time i play eft um now so i was intensely playing eft yeah and in a committed way yeah but the in-game gameplay loop that i was participating in um i eventually i eventually realized that that gameplay loop um was actually not hardcore um and why is that because i can see how from a hardcore player perspective you are committed and dedicated to doing this mechanic but then like you said you sort of have a con 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 cognitive distance yeah. with it how yeah. yeah yeah okay so um basically the way it works out is for me you know there's this thing on the subreddit everywhere you'll see well everyone has got has their own definition of hardcore right okay right. relativism i get it you if you want to if you want to say that fine but i i would just point out that an essentially universal characteristic of hardcore games if you if you look at any list of hardcore games none of those games reward players when they fail i just let that sit sit in so i would i would i would uh, suggest that a universal or nearly universal characteristic of a hardcore game is that they do not reward players who fail um in other words they punish players for failure and failure in this case being death in eft death and eft i mean yeah yeah um and so um my first article my first article was this right mm -hmm. which is secure containers right <laughs> it's not about hatchet runners look at that banner this is back from my um edgy you scroll up just days, a little bit right so i've got the perfect yeah 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 perfect right so got this uh the deploying into raid plus you've got this container full of loot plus you die equals hardcore right and you've got the little baby with the air quotes hardcore with the full kit <laughs> i love this i'm so, sorry uh that was kind of you know that's me that was my response that that baby is actually a lighter skin version of me um <laughs> that's how i felt was like i'm actually this super soft uh, um container dependent um punishment avoiding player who gets this good right. gear and i'm waving my hardcore flag and i'm so proud but actually um i'm not participating in hardcore uh gameplay mm. and so this this first article i actually did it in a bullet point it's it's all bullet points instead of just I don't know what's the word prose or just written out um, in paragraphs anyway. And so uh, I guess the TLDR is if a game rewards you for failing, that's our extreme from um, hardcore. Like um, for, ex for example, if you could in in indulge me a second, if there's okay. like a, there's like a spectrum, right over here is casual. 
over here is hardcore and there's this big spectrum in between and there's kind of maybe this neutral position i don't know um so e everything over here um there has to be some degree of punishment and that's punish right some degree right and over here it's not going to punish you a, a lot but you'll get some punishment and over here is like the like th the game automatically kills you irl right that's <laughs> like the the ultimate extreme you of hard game you die for real yeah yeah and that's like the people on the subreddit who are like oh what do you want the game to like uninstall you want so you just want like when you die you have to buy a fresh copy <laughs> like <laughs> that that is like over here right the extreme then you have like uh over here you have like perma death of a character over here you have some loss of i don't know maybe xp or progress right and then over here maybe like in the original Super Mario, you go from your big Mario to your small Mario, you know, but you can still keep going. And then, but this is, so this is all a range of hardcore. Whenever you fail, you're getting punished to some degree or another, either an extreme or a little punishment, right? But then, then when you get into casual gaming, all of this involves either a lack of punishment or a punishment that's, you know, not, not worth anything. Like, for example, it would be like the therapist post-rate healing is like right here or or like right here where it charges you like 5000 rubles or something but it's it's basically nothing yeah um so the thing the thing with secure containers and what my issue was is you can run in and die and instead of getting a punishment anywhere in this section you get rewarded with like 300k Mm -hmm. right so instead of any kind of punishment for failure the secure container actually causes the game to go ultra casual and literally reward you for failing to extract in into the tune of 300k plus or progressing your actual pmc through the game like you can you can fail to the end game i don't know if that if that strikes a chord with you. But basically, as a hatchling, you can fail your way through quests. You can fail your way way to a Bitcoin farm. You can fail your way um, into mass wealth, right? So that's what I realized, like, hey, this is this is not anywhere even close to hardcore gameplay. Like, we're in, like, like even Candy Crush punished you when you fail. You know what I mean? But But Escape from Tarkov, for claiming to be a hardcore game actually rewards you when you fail to do the basic gameplay loop um so ba based on that kind of idea i would say escape from tarkov is either not hardcore at all in that ultimately you can suicide your way to end game or you could say it's optionally hardcore like if you don't use a secure container you're you're in this realm Right, you'll either get punished a little bit, or well, I guess you're not getting killed. Um, you're, you'll lose some gear and stuff. You're you're in here, right? If you don't use secure container, but when you start using secure container, you can go all the way to the extreme of ultra casual. So that's kind of that's kind of my take on on the issue. Yeah. And and to me, this is the um the issue in Escape from Tarkov, in my opinion.
Like if you're going to call it a hardcore game, it needs to be that, right? Um, and so when you have an option to suicide your way to victory, you're just, you know, you're not living up to that title. And that's the, uh, to me, that's the fundamental um, mistake, developmental development developer mistake that BSG has made. Um, and their failure to rectify that has led to all sorts of issues with the game. And basically the entire the entire game revolves around the fact that the secure container exists. Yeah, a lot there, of there. There's another issue that's anywhere close to the impact uh, that secure containers have. It seems they've been dealing with a bunch of the symptoms and not really the, the core issue. But I want to say also that um, after I did my hatchet running experiments, um, it sort of like, you know, opened my eyes a bit that I've basically been hatchet running this whole entire time and playing DFT. Because what do you do, right? You spawn in, you go to the most valuable loot, and you put it in your container. And I mean, sure, you know, found in raid, if you die with it, it's not as valuable as it was when it doesn't have the check or when it has the check mark. Um, but assuming I can still use it, or, you know, there may still be some value to it. I mean, regardless, it's like, I mean, that's how one of my friends plays the game is like he literally instead of hatchet running, he just brings in, you know, a diaper rig, a, a, a penis helmet and a, an RPK with like a, you know, a drum mag and then a bunch of mags in his container. And then he literally just runs interchange, grab, shows graphic cards with a butt, let up, up his butt. And he has like millions upon millions. And it's like, it doesn't matter. And he's like, I was like, Kevin, why don't you do? I think I said this in one of the previous podcasts, Kevin, why don't you hatchet running? He's like, well, I can I can basically do the same thing but with a gun. So it's like he's not really risking anything. It's just like it's he's shooting a guy if if he comes across a guy. Like it's not really a big deal because half half his kids paid for it and the majority of his kids paid for it. It's it's actually really yeah. interesting how right this whole yeah. time I I like it really did open my eyes how much I've been hatchet running with the gun essentially. Yeah, and so th- let me just jump in real quick. Sorry, yes. Giga. Um, that's why the title of that article that I that I wrote I don't know years ago says it's not about the hatchet mm. right so many people are like oh you know they, they they try to say like oh no only hatchlings participate in this no like you said the the fundamental or the the underlying principle is it is possible using secure containers to make a net gain out of a raid even if you risk gear Right. So it's like this phantom risk. Right. You go in and you say, well, I spent 150K on this run. And it's like, yeah, but you've got 400K worth of stuff in your secure container from that right. raid. So you died and you're like, well, I did get punished. And it's like, yeah, you got punished and came out plus 200K. So you didn't really get punished. You earned 200K. Right. And then if you, if, if you, that gear is insured, some of it comes back to you. So you're not even getting the full punishment on the gear loss. And the stuff you had in your secure container pays for more than that. So it's you have deceived yourself into thinking you were punished, um, and you were not. You made a net gain, and the the mechanic that is responsible for that is the ability to retain items of value through death. Yes, that is. That is the that is the fundamental issue. Now, like, so there's been a couple of people like speaking in chat as well, saying, you know, finding raid gone on death 
is kind of fixing it. And I have said in chat as well, it is better than it was in that sense. They have done something to make it a little bit less profitable than it used to be, but it is still an issue. I actually thought and didn't fully understand the ramifications of what the finding rate thing was going to do. And I didn't like it for kind of other reasons because the way it was implemented. But I thought when it was put through, I was like, okay, well, I think the effect on the game is going to be okay. But I didn't realize that hatchets and similar would actually still be able to do what they were going to do because of things like getting graphics cards for the Bitcoin farm and all this kind of stuff. Like I hadn't quite thought it through to its logical conclusion and just assumed it was all going to be, is all to do with the flea market. Um, and, you know, me and Church have actually talked on this podcast about other other things that Hatchet Running allows you to do with the hideout, for example, which when Church was doing his experiments, things like effectively laundering <laughs> items via the, the hideout to create find and raid <laughs> items to then sell on the flea, which is like, it's all these, all these other things, right? And it, it all just comes back to what we were talking about previously, right? Which is about emergent behavior, right? And it's like, you know, the defining hardcore about what's a hardcore player versus a hardcore game, mm-hmm. which might be different, right? And you can play, you can be a hardcore player and be min-maxing stuff. And if yeah. if within that game there are non-hardcore mechanics for you to kind of well exploit, I suppose, right? So in the game, right. you're kind of like, well, I'll just I'll just do what's you know, if I'm a min-max type person, then I'm just going to go and do that, yeah. um, because it kind of makes it makes the most sense, and makes the most money. So it's it's interesting because again, as Church was saying, right. They they've tackled some of the symptoms, and they, and I think they have tackled some of the root causes, but not in not in quite the right way to make it go away completely. Because I thought that find like I thought finding rage was going to fix it because of the whole selling stuff on the flea thing. And be like, okay, well, who would who would care? Now you can't do quests properly. So, well, some of them you can, but you can't do a lot of the quests where you need a finding rage item. You now can't sell the stuff on the flea market. You can only search the trader and it's at a you know very very minimal amount. It's still free, but it's a lot less than it than it used to be and so i thought it was going to go away but it didn't um because of various things like we said you know laundering stuff through the flea market using things for um either just for yourself right you know you find a stack of ammo and you're just going to use it or you can um yeah like what did i say laundering through the flea market use it for yourself um yeah or just sell it to the traders some stuff's just like actually still fairly valuable um and i think like i did kind of like cheat myself out of the answer in some ways because i I've skim read. Th- I couldn't actually remember the conclusion that you came to, and I did actually skim read through that article to like the end result, and it was quite funny because I I think I've come come to exactly the same conclusion. And it's interesting because you wrote these articles ages ago, and we've talked about this. And I think I said it. Did I even talk about it last week or something? I can't remember. Where I was like, I don't think you should be able to put stuff in the container from the raids. I just don't think you should. And this I think would fix everything. And when I read through your article again, I was just like. <laughs> That's the one, because <laughs> I think that was that was that was the conclusion you came to, right? That like you shouldn't be able to put stuff from raids in your container. It should be a case to allow you to keep some things on death, so you don't lose everything when you die. It's kind of necessary for things like keys, unless you make a special slot for them, because otherwise it's just like not really very fun in that way. Like to lose those permanent keys just kind of sucks. Um, but it, there's so many things, right? Like we were talking again, like the last week or the week before about the people who cycle 60 round mags out, out into their secure container, right? Especially once you've got, um, once you've got the Kappa case, because you've got so many slots, right? You can easily have, 
you know, some meds and the things you need and three 60 round mags full of M995 in your secure container. And you just cycle them around through, you know, one out into the rig and that one straight back into the gun. And you on, only ever have 60 rounds of, of 995 out in the open. And the rest of it just all comes back with you to the stash when you die. And all of the, all of this kind of thing, just it's not, I don't think it's good for the game. It's um, I, I think it's, I think it's bad. And it's like, I just don't see how, because people always complain about this terms. Oh well, if you nerf a secure container, then like you know, you're, you're making it so much harder for new players and all this kind of stuff. And like, yeah, you will make you will make it harder in some ways because people will be able, won't be able to make as much much money. But I feel that a lot of the time these issues come from people who are either career hatchet runners or they're like the level forty or fifty hatchet runners who like really know what they're doing and really know how to like min max the game to to profit the most from it. Right? If you're under level ten, you're probably not going to be Hatch, unless you've unless you've actually gone and like seen it elsewhere and gone, oh well, this is a really easy way to do it, and seen somebody else doing it. If you're just a new player that's just turned up in the game and getting the regular Tarkov experience, which uh, you know I appreciate it's not everybody, but you're going to be scared out of your mind bringing some gear in. Like you won't necessarily think to do it first. So for me, it seems to be more of a problem for people who are already experienced and and recognize it for the profit making opportunity that it is. And I don't think it really hampers the new player yeah. experience that much because yeah, like it makes some of the quests harder because you can't, you know, but they've already got rid of the, the finding rate thing on death. So that doesn't help you. And certain items like, you know, if you need them for the hideout, then yeah, it sucks to lose them when you die. But like, that's Tarkov, right? But you still get to keep your meds, your painkillers, whatever it else, the stacks of ammo, that kind of thing, things you brought into rate, you still get to keep those. And that's a kind of non hardcore crutch, but I'm, okay with that because i think that's it's enough to help i mean it helps everybody i suppose but um i think it's enough that new players you know i i, I just don't feel like i was reliant upon secure containers to make money when i first started playing and i it's funny because like i'm not an, i'm actually not a massive content consumer so to speak so I, I don't i never used to watch a huge amount of twitch i quite like exploring these games for myself on my own and coming up with stuff and once i have like a solid base then i go out and look for other things because i find that process of discovery rewarding in and of itself just for me and so i just don't think that like for the way that i played the game that i would have found the game any harder if that had been a required you know a restriction on me to begin with and you know everyone's everyone's got a different experience and your mileage may vary but i just don't think it's as big of a, a problem for new players as um as is often brought up in the various arguments. And the, the one the one other thing that I'd bring up about it is that it's quite interesting is how BSG's take on secure containers is quite complicated because it's kind of how they've sold the different varieties of their game. Right? No one cares about the two in the middle, but standard account version versus EOD. That's like, other than the stash thing now in um, with the hideout, the EOD like um, container versus the alpha container is really like the defining feature of why somebody pays so much more for the higher version. And so they have a complicated relationship yes. with this because it's part of their um it's part of their revenue in in, in right. a lot of ways. And it was to be it was already to be fair, this to be fair on them, it was already quite bold to get rid of the finding raid on death thing because it did actually nerf the secure container quite considerably, but not far enough to get the game to where I think it should be, if you know what I mean. Because they mm-hmm. so they already did do that. And when when they did it in the first place, again, lots of other people didn't think it fully all the way through like me and said, well, this is actually a, a really clever call from them to be able to basically get rid of the secure container without removing it. Because people would just, you know, cry all over the Reddit and and everywhere if they got rid of secure containers completely and said, well, everyone has to go back to alpha because that was kind of one of the defining features of the game. But to remove finding raid like really nerfs the use of it a lot and makes it much less useful. Um, and so I think I don't know BSG have kind of a tough a tough 
thing managing like the community's expectation around it as well. Um, and so they, but they've already put in one restriction in the past. And so to put on another restriction, but allow people to keep the slots that they have, I actually don't think it's that much more of a step now that we're already kind of halfway there. That, that's kind of, um, that's kind of where I'm on it. <laughs> yeah. Um, could I just jump in and touch on some of the things that you were saying? Um, for, let me just go to, um, what did the, you were talking about? I should probably say less. Okay. <laughs> no, 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 that's, that wasn't it. That wasn't it. Um, it, uh, you were talking about, um, how secure containers should, you were kind of like, I'm not sure if how hardcore it is to be able to preserve items in your secure container. And let me just visualize that for you because it helps me also. Um, and let me see if if this, tell me if you think this is a reasonable uh, analysis here. So uh, if we go back to our chart, right? You've got, um, uh, right, you've got this spectrum, boom. Here's neutral where you're not getting punished or rewarded. Here's casual where you're getting rewarded. You can get rewarded even when you fail. And hardcore is on the on the far end, right? Okay, so hardcore, casual, neutral. Okay, so I would propose that the um, secure container protecting um, gear loss is actually neutral. So. For example, if you take in, uh, I'm sorry, it's just on the hardcore side of neutral. For example, you take in 100K of gear, mm -hmm. or let's say, okay, let's just say this. I'm sorry, let me simplify it. You've got your kit, and then you have your secure container, and it's got yeah. its own little storage, right? Right. Okay, so alpha baby right here. Um, <laughs> so when you die, an escape from Tarkov. Let let's just assume you didn't put any items from raid in your secure container. So you have mm -hmm. like a key, and I don't know meds and some bullets, and uh, I don't know some rubles so you can escape from the car with mm -hmm. using the car. Okay, but that's what you brought in, and you've got this kit. Well, when you die, um, escape from Tarkov punishes you by remove by Right. You lose your kit. But you do keep everything in here. So you're not punished like that. But but my point is you are ultimately getting punished. Yes. Right? You're not on this casual side where you're getting rewarded. So so I would argue that the secure container functioning to protect to protect items still allows you to be, remain on this hardcore spectrum where you're getting punished, right? You still get punished, right? You just don't lose 100% of your gear loss. You're basically yet, right? just diminishing the the amount right. of punishment. It, but... it, it is a loss mitigation, yes. but it's not reward. And there's a huge difference, right? You can go from losing everything mm -hmm. over here, your whole account, or you can go losing one ruble. And mm -hmm. you're still losing something, right? And now, now it, it may be a meaningless loss, but but you're not profiting. Yes, so that's, that's that's the thing. So I would say because you're not profiting, 
even though you're mitigating loss, you're still losing something. You're still being punished. It's still hardcore yeah. to some degree. Yeah. Now, it, like I said, it might not be this like it kills you in real life. Hardcore, right. But but you're but it's still on this side. It's not neutral. Right. You've lost something. So ultimately, I think allowing secure containers to function to protect items doesn't compromise the hardcore nature of and, EFT. And just for That's can you, my take on. and just for fun, can you sort of like show on this spectrum the how EFT currently could work? A scenario could play out where you could be on the um, casual side where you are getting rewarded for failure? Oh, sure. Yeah, I mean... I mean, you can keep what you got. Like, Yeah, so, I mean, basically, it would be this secure container. Right. Right, the same same scenario, except mm-hmm. uh, uh, this is now um, a red key card, mm-hmm. right, a violet key card. Mm-hmm. Boom. And now this violet key card is worth, I don't know, what's it worth these days? Over three hundred K, I'm know. just gonna guess. Five. I don't I don't even look on the flea market anymore. Okay, so five mil. <laughs> Sorry. Jeez, please. Okay. Go hardcore game, baby. Um, um so this is this one slot is five mil, right? Mm. I can you even spend five million on a kit? No, but it, I mean I guess you could, but it doesn't really matter. You you're still losing your kit. Right, right. But so so say you lose your kit, boom, yeah. but you're walking out with Five million. So upon dying, mm-hmm. eh, I have died. I did not do the thing that the game is about, right? Which is extracting. I didn't right. do the base. You the objective. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. I have failed and I receive five million rubles. That that is over here, fellas. Mm-hmm. That's past Candy Crush. Candy Crush doesn't even give you stuff <laughs> when you fail. Like here is Candy Crush. It's right here. Candy Crush. Right? You still have to restart your level and, and it's and it sucks, right? Escape from Tarkov, when you can make this much progress from one slot, you're you're talking right here. Let's not jo- let's not joke ourselves, right? Yeah. You're getting I could anyway. It's casual. It's ultra casual. It's be. It's not. It's not kind of close to neutral. It's not like reasonable in the middle. I mean, five million for a single item that you can spam out runs at no risk. Yeah. Right. You can just farm and farm and farm, and you just chance on this boom five million rubles. It, because uh, there. Yeah. Yeah. I just. I, I just want to quickly tie it in what Giga was saying about you know how people sometimes will say, "Well, you're going to hurt the new players." I think you have to like eventually reach you have to get this sort of knowledge that you know this mechanic exists and that it has room for abuse that that way like you said you can essentially eliminate the risk involved of spending money on a kit because you know regardless if you die you always lose the kit but because how the container works currently you, you like you said you could just spam out runs and get abuse the system and then yeah i think and then from what i've saw in my own experiments is that Patch of running benefits those that have progressed further in the game through like leveling the hideout, unlocking traders, and and things of that nature. So, um, yeah, I wanted to like reemphasize that point. Yeah, that's um, good. You said uh, regarding hurting new players, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's critically important to take care of new players, especially in a hardcore game. Like, um, 
let's just like straight up, let's just establish that for anyone who says I don't care about new players or that, you know, I'm just some uh, elitist gatekeeper. <laughs> can't give you any more time than that. I care about new players. I want EFT to succeed. I want EFT to have maximum player base possible. Um, I want the devs to get rich off of it. I want it to be a great game. I want everyone. I, I want it to be like a Dark Souls, which is a hardcore game that breaks out into mainstream, right? Mm. Which is, is just super rare. That's what I want. Can I? Like, I'm not. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I want to interrupt. And I, this is. I watched a video recently about hardcore and gatekeeping, and they used a really good analogy. Um, say you have a group of friends and you're playing D and D, right? Where you like role play and act it out. And then let's say you want to invite this new guy to the group, right? And he's cool, you know, he's like a friend of a friend. And so he comes in, but he starts like doing all this meta gaming, and he's basically being a, a prick, right? And you're like, hey man, can you chill on that stuff? Like we want to keep this experience how we it's it's sort of like gatekeeping the experience not really the game like we want to we want to include people but we we want to keep the gatekeep the experience so to speak uh, of the hardcore and I, I think that's really the the important part here um and that was sort of like eye-opening to me um that yeah we don't want to like say oh you're a new player you know or this game's too hardcore for you you can't play it no it's like we want you to come play but we we want to keep the experience of the hardcore in in the game yeah, and to to kind of bounce off what Giga has said, uh, um, we want new players, and we and and like say that guy is operating within the rules of the game, but it's something we don't like. Quote, quote, quote. Mm -hmm. um, at that point, I would say, hey, this guy is actually legit. It's not what the dev like D and D has in intended gameplay, and it's not what we're all used to. But this guy's actually playing by the rules, so this guy can keep doing that all he wants. Yeah, we need to go to the D and D rule set and have that changed officially. Yeah, I if, see what if, you're saying. That, you know, within, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, yeah, I, I get yeah, it. Within the analogy, I, I, so that's what I'm saying. Like hatchlings, I don't go after hatchlings. Right. I don't go after extra campers. You know, it's like they're playing within the game. We need to fix the game to be according to how the the devs intend it to be which is hardcore in this case um yeah i guess like yeah. in in uh, in your analogy church it's like you know if you're playing with like a group of friends or whatever and like you say well look here's the official rules but like we're gonna play by a different su subset right and you don't you don't really have that choice in in tarkov yeah well i say i say you don't have that choice in tarkov you actually do right because you if you want to play publicly with people then sure, you just have to play by the official rule set. And that's the same as if you went to go and join a D&D group out in, the, out in the random world and you just joined as a random player and you'd be like, well, we're going to play by, by that rule set. But if you want a different experience, you could potentially enter a tournament in Tarkov, right? Whereas, oh, you have to go and go here and you can only join this one map and you have to take this loadout and mm -hmm. no level six armor. And, right, and people, people abide by the rules because they're part of this part of a community and it's not necessarily yeah. in the game, but it's part of the experience that they want to, want to join. So I think it's quite a, quite a good analogy. Um, there's like the one thing that I wanted to actually touch on, which is the main argument against this. And it's really interesting because I don't know whether like there's so many factors for this particular reasoning as to why this might be happening. And I don't think it's just this, but people always say, right, the more that you restrict the secure container, the faster people want to leave the raids. And that then detracts from the experience because if people find anything good, they're incentivized to leave immediately and go. 
And so that means that raids are more dead and that ever since finding raid even came in to play, raids are more dead because now it's much, much, much more valuable extracting and it makes the game more boring. And if you got rid of the secure container, being able to put anything in there at all, people would again just leave immediately and then the PvP would die and the game would become much more dull. That seems to be like the strongest argument that I see against these changes in general, which includes the change that already came in um, and happened already about finding raid changes. And um, I'm interested to see what you think about it because I don't I don't really know. I kind of see the argument for it, but I think there are also other reasons as to why that might be the case. Um, I don't think it's just I don't think it's just that on its own. Sure. Um I mean I Okay, EFT has a lot going on. It has a lot of different um ways a player can has a lot of different activities for players it has you can go in and pve you can mm-hmm. just loot and explore the maps if mm-hmm. you want uh, you can play the market there's just pure economics sort of sort of thing and then there's pvp right and and that's and you can pvp as like a role player who likes um behaving as if you are a real uh pmc with the real kit with real tactics right the more role-playing heavy side and then there's pvp where you're just like pre-stimming jumping off things clipping through what you can clip through min maxing and you you know what i'm saying there's also there's a spectrum of pvp okay um fundamentally though um if if there is not if you don't have a hardcore gameplay experience baseline Escape from Tarkov is failing, period, because it is advertising itself as a hardcore game. Okay, so my the basis for my approach to all these questions is what is Escape from Tarkov? What is it trying to accomplish? Right. So. Um, Escape from Tarkov. Here it goes. Yeah, right, right there. Hardcore, realistic. Don't, we won't even get into realistic. We won't go there. Thank you. But <laughs> hardcore, right? It's just right there. It's the first sentence of the official Escape from Tarkov webpage. It, it there is no, um, there's nothing muddy here, right? It's literally the first descriptor of what Escape from Tarkov is, right? Mm-hmm. The Escape from Tarkov is a hardcore action rpg simulator so um it it goes back to my situation where with secure containers functioning the way it is escape from tarkov is not hardcore right so you have critically failed the first and foremost description of what the game is right so in that sense uh, you know i'm Maybe PvP suffers, but we have a shattered game identity right now. Yeah. And people are worried about their PvP. You know what I'm saying? It's like, um, it kind of goes back to new player experience. Yeah, new players are going to suffer, but does anyone care that the game is suffering? The, the entire identity of how this game is marketed is fundamentally undermined right now. 
right? This game's like, oh yeah, we're trying to make this hardcore gameplay, but you can suicide your way to the end, right? right. So yeah. It, yeah, I care about new players. I also care about the game identity. Yes, I care about PvP, but I also care about the game identity. Like, um, let's go bad analogy time here, right? It would be like a basketball, you know, basketball player saying, like, uh, you know, we should, if, it, um, like, say that while they're starting basketball, they're like, hey, this is the, the, like, the size of the hoop that we have now, right? They're they're trying to determine the size of the hoop, and and the and the devs are like, are the game the people creating basketball are saying, yeah, let's make it the size it is now, right? And then some players are like, yeah, but if we um, extend the size of the hoop, we can make more baskets, which is so cool and fun. <laughs> if we just make the hoop like seventeen feet wide, then we can do this really cool, fun thing, which is make baskets. And it's like, yes, but but you don't have much of a game left, right? Now it's yeah. you have, for the sake of one particular aspect of the game that you enjoy, you have compromised the ultimate value of the game. Like, who's going to want to, no one, there's going to be no professional league of that with a 17 foot wide. Yeah. <laughs> It, it's just not going to be an actual uh, uh, quality game. Although people would be like, yeah, but I'm having fun getting the ball through the hoop. That's kind of the argument from PVP, right? They're like, yeah, it's going to hurt PVP. It's like, it might. I'm not going to say it's not. It might. But the game has an identity. It's trying to deliver a specific gameplay experience. And secure containers are... Um moving us so far away from that that we should not prioritize pvp over the container like it yeah. is more important to for a hardcore game to actually deliver hardcore gameplay than for uh, us to have more pvp in escape from tarkov i'm actually very pleased with with that answer i'm actually really really pleased that you you said it in that way in particular as well because like i said in the video that i made last week i said the that Tarkov is not designed around PvP. And I said it's very important. It's a very important element of the game. But the game is not designed around PvP. And I had multiple comments of people being just like, it's disgenius to say that. You can't say the game's not designed around <laughs> PvP. What else, what else is in the game? And like I see where people are coming from, right? Because it's kind of like without the game being completed, it's probably one of the only end game activities you have left once you've done everything else. It's the main right? activity. But 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 I'm exactly with you on in that the game mechanics should not be balanced around pvp first and then as you say hardcore nature second and i'm completely with you on restricting the secure container even at the detriment of the player base and and myself to deliver the experience that, that you that, that we're looking for right and it's like yes people might want to leave earlier but why because they're scared right there's there's fear and then there's loss and then there's risk reward and it's just like all the things that make the game good is the reason why you would want to do that in the first place right like you're gonna be yeah. a lot more scared leaving the raid knowing that you, it's actually just going to disappear completely like it's just like one step further than what we have now it's like before you left the raid or died didn't matter you have 
let's not even say a GPU, let's say a LEDX or something, um, which, yeah, you can use it for, for barters, but most people are just going to sell them. Now it's like, oh, well, you can still sell it to therapists, but it's for like, you know, a quarter of the price. But then you go to this model, it's just like, well, if you die, you ain't getting it at all. And um, I think there was one there was one comment in chat that basically saying like, oh, you know, it'd be a real bummer if, if then I, you know, I, I couldn't keep some of the stuff in the secure container because like I run some some good kits and and then I die with it. And it's just like, I know that sucks, right? But am I, I don't know. I just feel like that's just the way it should be. And I don't know. I just feel um, that that's the way it should be. I don't think it should be like a mitigating factor to have it in a secure, secure container so that if you die, then... Um, then you you know you get something back or whatever. I, I I don't think that should be part. I just don't think it should be part of the game personally. I just I just don't. And if it pushes people away, then so be it. But I think it might also. I think it might push people away the other way around, right? For introducing the collateral damage that it does around people hatcheting, people doing like min minimum possible viable runs, that kind of thing, right? And then you're running around interchange and you're playing against three people who've got just a pistol. And two guys who are running a, an RPK and a penis helmet, you know, and it's like, is that fun PvP? Also, no. So, I think that there's more to it than just like people don't want don't want to people people just like want to be able to keep their stuff or whatever. I don't know. It's like you, it's, it's so it's always so difficult thinking these things to their logical conclusion. It's very hard to know all the effects that these things are going to have, right? It's it's very it's very difficult. I think, yeah. but I think there's things on both sides. Yeah. So. Let me show you. Okay. Um, um, man, there's what's our time? We have 20 minutes, 30 minutes? About 30 minutes, I think. We were going to do an extended one for this one. Okay. Um, I mean, there, there is so much here. Um, I would just, real quick about the first topic that you were talking about is, you said, like, I think the game should be this way personally, mm -hmm. right? Okay, like, I'm going to just push back on that uh, um, in that I think a more appropriate approach is to um, just give the devs the respect that it's their game, right? And so they are the ones who say, like, Escape from Tarkov is this thing, and this is how it should be played, right? And and so from that angle, I wouldn't say like, in, in that sense, it doesn't matter what you or I want. Yeah. Kind of, kind of, but don't, but don't, let's not go crazy here. Uh, from the sense that like, ultimately it's, it's Nikita's game. Nikita, Nikita gets to set what we're intended to experience, what the game's about, et cetera, et cetera. So that's, that's where I start from because in, in my opinion, our job as gamers is not to strong arm a game that's in development to fit our preferences, right? It's it's our job to just go, play the game that's advertising the features we want, not to try to force features into the game that we want. Does that does that make sense? Like, if you're a gamer and you're like, man, I like shooting things all the time. And Escape from Tarkov has advertised that there's a lot more to the game than just shooting things all the time. I think it's inappropriate and selfish to then say, yeah, but I like this. Therefore, I think the game should go this way, right? Mm -hmm. and, and I'm not like, I hope I'm, you wouldn't take this like 
as personally directed to you. I'm speaking to myself also. So I have a list of preferences I have, but ultimately I try to only push for things that the devs have themselves have advertised. So um, for example, here's a quote. Here's a quote from Nikita on your containers. Um, Uh, can you guys see what I'm highlighting here? Yes. I don't have it very big on my screen, I have to say. <laughs> but we should read it anyway for the audio listeners. Yes. Church, do you have it big on yours? Yeah, I can. I, yeah. Okay, so. So it says what? So, one second. so I mean, let me just starters, what, what's the context here? This is a podcast, I assume? This, this is a podcast. Nikita was featured on a Pastilli podcast. Okay. And these are word for word. I transcribed them as accurately as I could of what he said. Okay. Uh, so he said, uh, so what was the first bit? So was, was there a question or something before this, this very first one? Or was it just his, his comments? So he says, we thought about it. For me personally, I think every item must be disallowed from being put into the secure container during the raid. Like only pull out, not put in. For me, this is a perfect concept of EFT. Uh, were you aware that Nikita has I said I was that? not aware that he had said this. I am completely vindicated. Click on that timestamp, it will take you to that part of the video. Um, and so, you know, everyone, please go get the context before and after. I don't have an agenda here. Feel free to do, I, I posted the link to the original podcast. Go watch it for yourself. And this is Nikita, right? This is Nikita's this is Nikita. quotes. These are all Nikita's quotes. Okay. So, next one. For me personally, <laughs> Nikita, I think that every item must be disallowed from being put into secure containers during the raid, like, only pull out, not put in. For me, this is the perfect concept mm -hmm. of EFT. Dude, this is crazy. Okay, but 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 look, this is his balancing word. He's not for as much as people go after him. He he does. There's there's some wisdom here because his next thing he says: true EFT players, like dedicated players and streamers that play the game every day, are kind of happy with these changes. Referring to um, what he just said about changing mm -hmm. your containers, because it will lead to the actual true Tarkov experience. Let us use this expression, true Tarkov experience. And I personally think that this is a great idea to have it like this. We actually had it in the pre-wipe event, but it is too extreme for the people who are not so experienced and dedicated as true Tarkov players. Interesting. So, yeah, so my suggesting that secure containers are an issue, and now th granted, uh, this is from, uh, you know, I don't know, a year ago, but I have quotes from Nikita going back to the very first dev podca uh, podcast he did with Clean saying that he didn't ever anticipate hatchlings being a thing. But my point here is like, uh, uh, it's not like, oh, I think it would be just this grand idea to change secure containers. This is perfectly in line with what the developers want. You know, and that's that's what I'm saying. It, this is more than just like Arx Messer's personal crusade. <laughs> like I have closely watched develop the development of this game to the point where I'm transcribing Nikita's words. <laughs> you know, it, just just so that people can't say, "Oh, this is you just having like some personal agenda to get what you want from the game." Like, no, I respect Nikita's vision, and I, I try not to suggest things that contradict his vision or 
or, or you know, are just out of line with what the game is trying to be. Because I mean, it's like what what do we become if we just are all doing whatever the heck we want, right? Like, no, I just want every game to be exactly what I want and screw the devs, screw the player base, screw everything. Like, I just want what I want. I like shooting stuff, therefore keep the secure containers. You know, to me, that's just like a, anyway, maybe I'm getting too worked up. It seems selfish to approach game development that way. But um, anyway, you can read the quotes for yourself. It goes on. Can you post that link in the Discord chat? Sorry to interrupt you. Discord chat, yeah, let's do yeah. It. I'll post it in stream, and then I'll, I'll have it um, for audio listeners. I'll have it in the yeah. description of this uh, audio recording, so you can pull it up for yourselves yeah. if you and like. Those times, you can listen to those times for people who who don't want to read. I guess that's kind of a new generation thing. Um, the podcast audio is there. You can listen to it. Um, but anyway, Nikita goes on in these. Um, uh, let me see if the next one. Okay, yeah, we introduced limitations. Let me see. Okay, so this next paragraph is him talking about um, FIR tag. So this is this is before the FIR tag came out, and uh, this is him alluding to it in that third paragraph. But um, and then the little small one is him talking about potential other. Um, changes to the container or ways to address it like uh, the division but it's this next paragraph at 3945 that's super important i think um he says and, and okay so for the people who have made it this far um and who still feel like yeah but what about the new players like look nikita understands that and i understand that and this is the proof like listen to what he says here he says the thing is uh, the initial problem of hatchlings is that they are playing as not intended. So for people who say hatchlings are legit, no, right here. Straight up says they're playing not as intended. Okay, but let's just keep going. They just rush into some places, get a LEDX or a key or something valuable like hoses and screw nuts, and they just die and disconnect. <laughs> this is not cool at all. And this is one kind of problem that I want to fix in the game. Okay, but here, here, is, the, here is the shift where he acknowledges that we got to take care of new players. So he says, as you can see, it can't just be fixed with some easy thing. We can't just, emphasis, super emphasis on just. We can't just disallow people to use secure containers, it will require something interesting and suitable for everyone. The idea to have special extractions, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, then he says, all these things are discussable. Um, and then he says, the hatching problem, uh, you have to understand these people are struggling. The streamers are making millions, um, but they're angry about these struggling players. Um, but these players can't play like the streamers. They need to get some kind of money to play the game. So Nikita's not an idiot, and, and I agree, right? He knows that he, he's got this vision of a quote-unquote true Tarkov, so, which implies right now we're playing false Tarkov experience, by the way. Just going to point that out. If Nikita believes that the true Tarkov experience is not being allowed to put items in your secure container and we have the opposite, then we are in participating in the false Tarkov experience. I think it's worth pointing out. Um, but anyway, he's saying that they need a way to make money. And I agree. 
right? Um, so, so to all the people who are worried about it hurting new players, yeah, Nikita's worried about it too. I'm worried about it too. Um, but, but you have to realize that Nikita said we can't just make a change to the secure containers. Yeah. Um, which which means he's open to a combination or multiple step thing, right? He's not saying I will never change secure containers. He's just saying I won't only do that because it will cause problems. Um, yeah, I mean that makes total sense. Right? I think it does. That makes total yeah. sense. And uh, I think I think it sounds like a good solution, but we'll just have to see if they actually put it in place or not. I think that's the that's the thing. Well, let me just bring this. All right, you got to zoom so, in. <laughs> Whenever you're gonna, I'll zoom in. I'll zoom okay. in. So, you know, people who think like, "Oh, you're proposing changing secure containers," you're not thinking down the road, right? You're you're just gatekeeping. You're just blah blah. It's like, no, dude, I have a chart with like, con like I don't know what what's this called, like a flow chart of of secondary and tertiary issues that are going to result from secure container changing, and also how to address them. So. What I want, my ultimate goal, is for the true Tarkov experience to to be brought into play, mm -hmm. and also that new players are taken care of. I do not want a situation where secure containers are changed somehow, miraculously, we force that through, and then new players are just totally screwed. I think that would be a huge mistake. I think it would be a massive loss to EFT, and it's unnecessary. I think we can get both. I think we can get the true Tarkov experience and new players taken care of. Um, and I, and uh, I just wanted yeah, to say quickly, I, I don't want it to be a, a, a thing of us forcing this, but more so us, you know, changing the conversation of, hey, you know, this, if Tarkov is indeed a hardcore game, then this mechanic essentially invalidates that, right? So we want to sort of bring that to the front of the conversation, because um, I believe personally that this is just a fundamental issue. Like, we can't even talk about fixing economy until we talk about fixing the exactly you know like exactly. what's the point of talking about desync and you know dying if we we're still bypassing progression you know like death is invalid death doesn't matter right so this is yeah anyways right how do you balance an economy when there is a subset of players who progress and get wealthy when they die how do you how do you come to a balanced state when some portion of the player base is punished for an activity and the other is massively rewarded i, I it it's so so much more difficult when there's two sets of rules like that mm -hmm. for the risk reward structure of the game. If you simplify the reward structure to if you survive, you profit, then you can balance the game around how easy is it to survive, how much are you rewarded, and it, and it's such a more simple place to be. Um, but anyway, anyway, I don't know. We have to really spend time on this chart, but it's available um, somewhere. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> contact me, Eric, and email it out. But basically, this chart. Just goes through like if you change secure containers, there's going to be fallout issues, and I have suggestions for how to deal with each issue. Like for example, if you change secure containers, imagine how grindy the quests are going to be. It would be absurd, mm -hmm. right? Um, the quests that allow for non-FIR items, I believe there are still some. It's a few, um, right? So for people who are like, yeah, but the quests would suck. My response is yes, you're right. If the only thing we did was change secure containers, the quests would suck even more. But we don't have to just change secure containers. We can fix the quests. And then we would have the secure container change, which helps the game. And also the quests won't suck. 
right? Like you can do those two things, right? And then mm -hmm. they're like, yeah, but what what about keys? Like, what if I find this super ultra rare key that's worth 10 bazillion rubles and then mm -hmm. I just die to some hacker? That would suck. And it's like, uh, yes, 100%. That would suck. But we can change secure containers and also change the spawn rate of keys so that they're no longer ultra rare. Mm -hmm. So then it doesn't suck so much, right? If it's, if it's right, it, like, I wish we could get past this like one thing at a time like we can do multiple things at a time if the problem if your issue is quest keys would be obscenely rare then just change the spawn rate of the keys and let's move on down the road like we can't let such a simple obstacle stop us from fixing the, making such a huge fix right so if the quests are a problem fix the quest if the keys are a problem and rare items make them less rare problem solved if extract campers are a problem make more extracts make different extracts make manhole extracts in the middle of the map, right? Um, um, you see what I'm getting? Like the principle yeah, is like, if there is an issue, like we've got to do better than, yeah, bro, but keys. It's like, yes, the keys, yes, obviously the keys would be, it would be insane. And then we just fix that and keep going. And there'll be a list of things, secondary effects, that come out of changing secure containers that will hurt new players and even existing players, but we can fix those too. Like we have the um, enough minds in our community to to be able to fix rare keys. Like I believe that that that's not a crushing issue we can't get past. You know? Yeah, um, it 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 hundred percent it hundred percent makes sense. I, I I totally get it. I think I think it's it's a good way. So we'll see what they want to do. I mean, I I don't know. Church, if you don't if you don't mind, I mean, uh, the last fifteen minutes, I kind of wanted to let's like tack off a little bit onto a, onto something slightly different that's like very very related. Unless okay. you had anything burning burning or pressing that you wanted to uh, to talk about, no, go ahead. Go for um, it. I wanted to just like I wanted to just like shift very slightly across into a different type of hardcore because obviously we know that Tarkov is supposed to be a hardcore game, but then when you're talking relative right if you're talking about tarkov as a thing right then you talk you can basically talk about like different types of how hardcore is tarkov and it's very topical right now because we're towards the end of the wipe and people are running out of stuff to do that a lot of people are doing hardcore runs which yeah. is a, a fascinating topic and it's actually quite good for content creators in a lot of ways because it you know creates tension where there wasn't tension before mm -hmm. it creates excitement this kind of thing and there was one, um, there was kind of one catalyst that made me want to speak about this in particular, which was, I actually have it up here, which was Pestily's uh, tweets that he made this week, which he wrote, one week event of 1,000 players on private hardcore server, hardcore rule set, hard coded into the game, prize pool for the highest level and first people to capper thoughts. What's your reaction? You got a, I got a strong facial reaction from you, Arcs. What's, what's going on? I gotta not jump right into that. Uh, <laughs> it's a it's a proper uh, it's a proper bait. Well, like so. Okay. okay so, well, 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 do you do you want to if you, do you want me because I can talk about my thoughts about it just quickly if you want to gather yes, you, gather yeah, some yeah, thoughts together. I have tons of thoughts, but I need to filter ninety five percent of them <laughs> so they're not the toxic dark side me so go ahead please okay so I mean I've kind of been talking about hardcore on and off and about how it's kind of it could be quite fun in. 
across the past probably i don't know month or so and i've tried a hardcore run once at the end of last wipe and i thought it was quite entertaining because i've always had a bit of an issue with the traders in general and the way that progression functions and my the way that i see the game actually is probably more hardcore than it is now because um you know there's lots of issues like uh, end game barters for armor and stuff like that and the, the plentifulness of things that are supposed to be super rare but actually everyone's running them every raid and we've talked previously about delinking rubles from um and, and and actual gear from the players because otherwise it just means that if you have enough money you can just run meta loadouts every single every single raid right and um i've got i've brought up the controversial thing i think if i put this on reddit i'd probably just be exploded with a nuclear bomb but um i think that some of the top barters should be finding raid only um because basically it would force the scarcity on them and even if you're a top player with three billion trillion quadzillion rubles you wouldn't actually be able to buy a slick because you'd have to go and find a vase in raid and you'd have to actually have that vase in in your hand and have extracted with it to yep. give it to Ragman to actually get that piece of armor, which would create goals for players because then they decide on which things they want to go for. Because oh, do I want a slick or do I want something like do I want to repair or whatever? So then I have to go and find a vase in this particular location, or I have to go and find whatever in that particular location. So I, I think that like more hardcore stuff would be quite good. I think Pestley's specific tweet that he's written i'm not sure about the prize pool thing the highest level like the quick like grind to kappa mm-hmm. um, as a tournament but i am interested for a test of hardcore now because one thing that i've kind of been proposing for a while and i don't i still am i get lots of pushback on it is about having like potentially having two characters one which is like a hardcore character one which is a non-hardcore character because doing a hardcore run kind of sucks when you're playing against people who are not playing hardcore and i think it would only be the most fun it can be if you're uh, and as most exciting and, and tense and exhilarating experience if you're only playing against other people who are also playing with that particular rule set so i'm i'm actually super interested to see it from just like a, a testing perspective and I, wrote, I actually wrote a comment back on that tweet saying you're going to have to do this like if you want it to be useful for the game development you're going to have to run this like five times like mo- at least you have to you're going to Put a rule set in and play it. See what happens. Some stuff's going to be crazy broken. Some stuff people are never going to find. You're going to have to tweak it. You're going to have to do it again and again and again and again until you find and, and get some useful data out to say: Is this good for the game? Is it bad for the game? Is it terrible? Do people hate it? Like, is this going to completely suck? Like, will it allow experienced players to extract themselves out of the regular player base and make the game easier for people who are not playing against mega chads all the time? You know, the, there's positives and uh, uh, as well, and I think it'd be super interesting. So I'm. I'm excited to see it come to the forefront. I don't think it's necessarily that great to have it as a tournament, but I still think it's nice that the the discussion is going that direction. I think it'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, there are significant pros and cons to this announcement. Um, the general idea of exposing and hyping quote um heart the the idea of actually playing the game in a hardcore way mm-hmm. um i think that's great like the general concept but if embedded in the presentation is the idea that you can use secure containers to profit from failure then ultimately you're not actually proposing hardcore gameplay you're proposing more difficult and grindy gameplay I do not believe that grind equals hardcore. I do not believe that at all. Grind is its own thing. 
you know, um, Grind can be related to hardcore in that there could be difficulty increase involved, but usually grind uh, is the the idea with grind is just like a repeated um, task that um, doesn't have much variety or anything. You're just grinding away at it, mm-hmm. right? Chipping away slowly at this massive thing, which is usually a time sink. I don't think that that's hardcore necessarily. Um, so if if the rule set is if what Pastilli is suggesting is that now progression takes way more time because of these strict rules on what you can use and buy and instead of hitting level 40 in time x now it takes 3 times x and blah 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 but all the while you can still profit when you fail then he isn't actually promoting hardcore gameplay. He's promoting grindy gameplay. Uh, and I would, I think that would just be an abysmal, abysmal failure and would further send, especially if people like it, it would further obfuscate the core issue and cause the masses of the player base to further delude themselves into thinking that they're playing a hardcore game when they're playing a grindy game. I don't know if that makes sense. I'm, I'm confused because they keep saying, you know, uh, reward for failure, or, or is that, am I quoting that right? Yeah. So, for example, if he has all these rule sets like, oh, you can't buy from traders, you can only use whatever, you can't use your scab, you can't use a flea market. Oh, like, I see. Okay. But then also allows secure containers to be used right. in the anti art way they are now, then at a fundamental level, he's still promote promoting casual anti-hardcore gameplay is it's that just the case though right well Giga? chad's saying here so chad is saying i don't actually know because it, it really depends on the rule set right this is the, the key point yeah. so chad's saying pestily hardcore this is hey dudeson saying pestily hardcore rules at the moment is only use keys in the container no fleet no barters from traders it is a more pure way okay. of playing the game okay. and if that is the case only keys in the secure container that's that is okay i think yeah it depends on like the strict interpretation of can only put keys like do you mean from stash and literally no items in raid go in if that's the case then we're good to go i don't care what other rules he he puts in like if we if we are actually playing to where there is no possible way you can be rewarded to any degree when you die then we are now baseline hardcore and and i fully or mostly support this endeavor yeah i think this is just a compromise because like you said like you know one of the things that comes up is like tired of compromise five years of compromise it's it's because you can't we can't actually modify the game rules right we can only put self-imposing restrictions right it's not like i can increase the spawn of keys like you're saying so this is just sort of a compromise but it is it is very close i mean that's a very close version of what i think we've talked about of of the game being hardcore right because when yeah. you do these like massive Except gameplay the, changes, yep. there is these like you know it affects everything, right? So like keys would be something they would probably have to address, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, anyways, yeah. yeah. But in this case, keys aren't that relevant to obtaining kappa because keys aren't necessarily super quest relevant. Like the like the super rare ones, mm-hmm. at least the last time I checked, the ultra rare keys are not quest related they are like high value loot room mm. related and so i think is am no, i that's mostly anyone? that's am mostly right yeah I don't so know. um 
changing secure container isn't necessarily going to um, make obtaining quest keys particularly impossible or something there like might that. but but I, I i agree with what you're saying like um yeah but my issue is the setting the big cash out as kappa quest to me is like fundamentally the worst messaging you could send to the player base because like kappa container represents a a bigger version of the root problem of the game yeah i gave it just you know it's like the deluxe deluxe version (laughs) as far ultra casual as you could get is putting that box on your character and so uh, it's like but it is sort of like the end the end game of tarkov yeah. I get it. I, and I get it. Yeah. The problem is like right now we don't the really have is muddied and right. people who aren't paying attention might not pick up that the point is it's the most uh, highest level quest to unlock. They might pick up on O Kappa OP, which that, that's all I'm right. saying. I, I get what you're like, saying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I, yeah, um I think uh the problem when you get into private servers and rule sets like that and mm-hmm. tournaments is that is how Half-Life multiplayer died. Um, that is how Counter-Strike was born. Yeah. Custom rules. And what happened was Half-Life had its thing. Modders got into it, made their own custom things, custom servers. It instantly, well, okay, it didn't instantly, but it eventually eclipsed Half-Life and went on to be its own thing. Now, it went on to be a, a great thing. Yeah, 100%. But, but the, is, the point is, the custom rules killed the thing that birthed it right so we could be facing a situation where the custom rules kill eft as we know it and it could be for the worse or the better it's like a a coin flipping oh 100 situation as soon as you open up private servers and custom rules uh you have opened yourself up to that sort of risk um with yeah I mean, it's, it's well, private servers that will be run by BSG, so at least it's like in the hands of the devs still. Um, in, yeah. in that sense, so and then the pressure better. from the player base for private servers mounts and mounts and mounts and mounts and mounts, and then people like um, he who shall not be named—I literally can't say his name, or I'll get banned from the subreddit. Um, people like him who like to mess with the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> could end up anyway it anyway uh, i don't uh, i hope basically the cynic in me is saying no no good bro but i will just i mean i just have to take the position if it's going to happen i hope for the best you know i hope yeah i hope for the best i think it'll be interesting and, and we'll see what happens with it yeah i mean i've been accused of trying to split the game before with my suggestion of having it like this but um i don't know i think either which way like there's interesting uh conclusions that can be made from actually people doing this kind of test and i've always said that bsg should be more they should be more radical with their tests they should try more stuff um yeah and just 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 go with things and they've got these you know the test servers as well and i don't know how radical they've been with that and i think they really do need to just like amp it up and start yeah changing things and try things and this is why i'm excited about this because it shows that they're open to doing events like this and even though it might be a private server where they just run it for one week and then just see what happens it's kind of a test bed and i think that's cool i I like the idea and i like the general philosophy of trying this kind of stuff to see what would happen because you don't know what the ramifications of all this stuff will be until you do it it's very hard to know yeah right I That's think right. ultimately it's a good thing because 
the tournament scene in Tarkov is kind of like the the where a lot of the eyes go. So if it's um, I see you shaking your head. <laughs> so if more eyes, sorry, you say tournament, I almost anyway. Uh, yeah, if if uh, that's that's as long as we can get this to be, in my opinion, voiced and um, the message is spread and sort of now I sound like I'm I'm spread you know some preacher of some sort, but. The, my point, what I'm trying to say, I guess, is like we need to raise the awareness of this because I, th- I think it is an issue. Because I personally, if the game is supposed to be more casual or whatever, like then fine, change it that way. Like let's, you know, the extreme of that would be like removing ruples, and now you just press a button and you got a kit. That's fine. Right. If that's what the game's, yep. if that's what the game is, that's fine. Make the game like that. Like that's fine, you know. But it's like we're in the, such identity crisis, and it's like. I think it causes a lot of burnout. Like I'm, I'm starting to feel my own personal burnout. You know, it's like the wipes great at the start, but after that, like first month period, it's just like, you know, it's just the same. Yep. I don't know. Yep. It's anyways. Um, was there something else you wanted to say, Giga or Arx? I'm sorry if I cut someone off. Okay. Um, well, finished. Cool, man, dude. So I'll link the Arx. Um, blog blogs plural in the youtube description and under the description on the audio platform that you'd be listening to if you want to check it out i highly recommend checking it out he has some really cool articles like really cool stuff um things of with the container that we talked about he's got stuff on if you want to learn more about the progression system before the flea market was in the game um i think that's a really great read and also like how it is now and it's a very um objective point of view and i think i think it's great that's one of my favorite articles he's got an article on recoil system um keys even and i think you even have like if someone wanted to look further into these container changes and other game uh mechanics or elements that need to be changed to sort of like uh help me out facilitate 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 yeah the 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 hardcore change um he has that in there for you i think you got stuff about scavs and and it's i've i've checked it out and he's broken down for me it's all super interesting if you're into this stuff you gotta check it out so feel free to um check out my reddit posts there's some there's some stuff on there I, I, and i'm not i never take the position that i'm right or that it's good stuff it's just my ideas um mm-hmm. and my argument for them if you don't agree great uh, i'd really like feedback that's not just like elitist gatekeeper stuff like if you if you've got something to say i love it like send it my way i mean even that stuff too i'll I'll laugh at that too but anyway um yeah so my my reddit history my post my submitted posts there's some more content there that's not on my blog yeah i'll have his um his reddit profile in the descriptions as well and um yeah you know guys feel free to comment get into the discussions on this if you're listening on the audio platform, you can go to uh, anchor.fm slash scavtalk and record us a message and send in. Maybe we'll feature it in, in a future video. You know, Maybe we'll have Arc Semester back on at a later date whenever they implement hardcore and we can all celebrate. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, and that's, yeah. Yeah. Thank- and I, I do appreciate you inviting me, um, looking me up and inviting me, and that you find any value in what oh. I've contributed is, is um, that's pretty much all I can. Uh, you know hope for is is someone found some value in it and again thank you for 
inviting me and letting me take up one of your podcasts. Dude, no problem at all. Thank you so much for for joining us. It's been uh, it's been awesome. I've, I I love talking about this kind of stuff, and it's it's yeah. great when you you know, you have like like minded people on who are trying to be look look at things from a step back and and um, and try to actually have a proper discussion about this kind of thing. It's uh, it's it's super good. And um, and thank you, Church, for for setting it up. You've done done the groundwork. So um, you know, props to you. Man. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been. I also just final note i appreciate you um willing to endure me pestering you on our free time and you know challenging you on on your position on on things and it's been great so yeah it's been an absolute blast having you on the show man and i appreciate you taking your time out of your day to uh come speak about this pressing issue so all right um we'll wrap it up there guys and uh we'll catch you guys next week for the next episode nice oh uh, actually thanks everybody for listening that sorry correction there will not be an episode. Oh yeah, there will be an episode next week. There will be. There okay, will be. Sorry. There will be. There will be. <laughs> but but I, I will be I will be on I will be on well, mobile. A I'll bit be on of the road. a change of plans, but, but we'll, yeah. But we'll we'll do something. We'll do something. Cool. We'll see you guys then. Cool. All right. Thanks everyone. Cheers. Bye.